Welcome to Wednesdays Together. God is here, and I'm so grateful that you are here with us worshiping tonight as well. Don't you love those stories about kids saying the funniest, totally awkward things at completely the wrong time. I love those stories. And there's one I'm reminded of. This family invited some friends over for dinner. And as they all gathered around the table about to eat, the father asked their six-year-old daughter to say the blessing. Now, she was a shy little girl, and she, she just simply said, I don't know what to pray. Her mom, her smiling mom, just beaming from ear to ear, coached her on and said, oh, honey, come on, you can do it. Just pray what you've heard me say before. So everybody closed their eyes, bowed their heads, and their sweet little girl bowed her head and said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people over to dinner? (laughs) You know, those are the kind of situations that you just have to say, bless it, Jesus. (laughs) And if we are honest, when we think about the process of rebuilding our own spiritual lives, I think we probably all feel a little bit like that mama Oh, that sounded like a nice idea. Invite people over, they said. It will be fun, they said. But nobody told you that you'd spill the pot roast out on the floor or that you'd burn the bread. (laughs) And, you know, at the altar, it sounds like a great idea to rebuild your spiritual walk. This is the perfect time. And the end result of going deeper in God and rebuilding your spiritual walk will be amazing. And that is true, by the way. But no one told you that change is hard and that we get stuck in our patterns and our spiritual ruts. I'd like to read our focus passage for this series. And you you probably know it by now. You can maybe quote it with me. Let's read together Romans 12 verses 1 through 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I know uh, on a personal level, I have been thoroughly challenged while we've been working through this series thus far. And tonight, I, I feel compelled to share with you some of the struggles that I have experienced with working through that concept of rebuilding in my spiritual life. When we talk about the need to rebuild on the proper foundation We're forced to take a long, hard look in the mirror. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And settle some things within us right then and right there. And I I feel like right now I probably should pause and let everybody take a breather because I just said take a long, hard look in the mirror. And I know that those long, hard looks aren't always easy to do. And I know that we're at that place if we are trying, if we're truly trying to renew our spirit, man, I know it gets tough because it's hard to see the truth of where we are, of who we are, of what we're facing, of the things that we've relied on that have not been godly. 
But while we're on the path to spiritual renewal, we must keep our focus on God. And I'll confess that sometimes when I hear messages like this or when I preach messages like we've heard over the past few weeks, I can feel overwhelmed. As in, Lord, where do I start? Of course, of course, I know it starts with spiritual disciplines, prayer, reading my Bible, fasting. But then what? What after that? What else am I supposed to do? It can't be as simple as just trusting God, right? I mean, is that it? What if God wants to change something in me? And what if he's got something in store for me that is hard or that is challenging? Or what if I'm supposed to surrender something to God that's going to cost me a lot? What if I don't have what it takes to do what God wants me to do? Tonight, I want to speak about the enemy of renewal, the enemy of renewal. One of the great enemies of the process of growing spiritually is craving to control our environment. It's, it's what we see throughout the history of humanity. It's that desire to determine the results of all of our endeavors. If you want if you are working hard toward a goal, you want to reach that goal, right? That's the whole point. Um, but spiritually, it, it doesn't quite work the same way. And some of us struggle with this more than others, not only spiritually, but, but in, in areas like relationships and all other areas of our lives. Some of us really struggle with the need to control. I would imagine, though, that... <laughs> Even the most easygoing among us, while we're here in this COVID season, even the most easygoing among us has seen how much they prefer the normal, right? Even someone who thinks they're laid back and that um, they can roll with the flow. Well, well, we can see um, COVID has shaken us all up and seen that it, it really is challenging to take our hands off and to just trust God and flow as things don't go according to our plans. And, you know, by normal, when we say that we prefer the normal, most of us mean things that are within our control. That's really what most of us mean. Things that are predictable, things that don't stretch us, certainly things that don't make us feel uncomfortable. And I'd like to say that after this season, I know we could all use some comfort, right? I mean, <laughs> we're, we don't even want to wait until all this COVID stuff is over. We could all use some comfortable right now. Can I get an amen from anybody who's being honest? Um, we could all use some comfortable right now. But I think, I, I really, really, really think that what we always thought was comfort probably has not been for our good. Because I think for most of us, whom we think of comfort and we think of comfortable or comforting, we don't think of a comforting God who cares for us. We think of things that are in our control, things that are normal, things that don't pull or poke or prod or stretch, right? Right? And I think that if we are so focused 
on clinging to comfort right now, then we as a church and as individual believers, we will miss this opportunity to rebuild and we will miss the spiritual renewing that is coming to our nation. Folks, I don't want that and I know you don't want that either. And that's the whole purpose of this entire series. It is to stir our hearts, to light a fire of renewal within us so that we will commit to rebuilding according to God's principles. But I'm challenging every person under the sound of my voice today to think outside the view that you might have right now. All these things that are, that are fighting for your attention and fighting for your focus. The view that I mentioned previously that we may think that we don't measure up to spiritual things or that we might not be equipped to do all that God has called us to. I am asking you to change your view, to let go of those lies from Satan, and to change your focus. Why don't you put that in the chat? Why don't you say, change your focus? If there's somebody there beside you, why don't you say, you better change your focus. (laughs) God will move when we change our focus. Because when I take the focus off of me, And when I put it on God, that, my friends, is what renewal is all about. It's giving up our pride, our desires, our need for control, and trusting that God's ways and plans for us are best. Can can you say that? God's ways are best? Can you believe that? I think some of us just need to affirm that in our lives day by day by day. God's ways are best best. And then we need to get out of the way. Then we need to give him some room to do what only he can do. The more I seek to rule my own world, the more I will resist the rule and reign of Jesus Christ in my life. And you know, those who, (laughs) those who grasp at things, those who grasp at things, on their own and trying to follow their own ways and their own plans. You know what it's all about? They're afraid of being grasped by God. I'm going to say that again. If we are busy grasping at things and trying to make things happen and trying to cling to things that will bring us comfort that all along God has been trying to take away from us. If we are busy with all of these things, we are more than likely afraid of being grasped by God, afraid of being held in his hand, afraid of trusting him to do what we cannot do, what we were not created to do. It's that fear that is driving our behavior. But until we relinquish ownership of our lives, until we give everything, until we give the questions and the doubts and the fears and all of that over to God, we will not experience the holy relief of surrender to God's good and loving purposes. Thomas Merton states, states it this way, this is one of the chief contradictions that sin has brought into our souls. The line of least resistance leads to the way of greatest hardship. I'm going to have to say that again, folks. 
you know, it's been said before, you can, you can learn it the easy way or you can learn it the hard way. That's what this is saying. The, the path or the line of least resistance heads to the way of greatest hardship. And sometimes, sometimes for us to do what is most easy can be the hardest thing in the world. Folks, I'm telling you, the easiest thing you will ever do is surrender everything over to God. But if we are resting control, if we are wrestling for that, I'm telling you, it will be the hardest thing to do. Our resistance to God's rule even extends over into our prayer lives. What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> What do you mean? If I'm praying, I'm doing a good thing, right? Well, absolutely. Prayer is always in order. Prayer is always the first matter. Prayer is always where we go for everything. But sometimes even in our prayer, we are so focused on resisting God's rule that we try more than anything to persuade God to bless our plans. We ask him to meet our needs and our desires in the ways that we deem best. We pray for him to bless our will instead of seeking God's will in prayer. We hope to persuade him to do what we want him to do. And the saddest part of that is that even in our prayers, we can adopt the mentality of a consumer rather than a servant. The purpose of prayer is not for me to give God his honeydew list. No. The purpose of prayer is for me to commune with him. It's for my nature to become like his. It's for my will to be surrendered over to him. It's for me to get my marching orders. It's not to, it's not to change his will uh, for my life. One of the most painful lessons for believers, especially at this time, is this. It's have the wisdom of being faithful to the process and then let go of the results. I'm going to say that again. We need to have the wisdom of being faithful to the process of growth and change and spiritual development. And then we need to let go of the results. Put it in the chat. Let go. Put it in the chat. I'm going to let go. Tell your neighbor, I'm letting go. I'm letting go right now. You see, We have little, very little control over struggles that we face. And to to a lesser extent, we have very little control even over the opportunities we encounter and even the outcomes of our efforts. But we absolutely can be obedient to the process of spiritual growth. We absolutely can be obedient to the process of renewal and rebuilding. You know, distorted dreams in our lives, they've got to die on the altar. They've got to die before we can know the way of resurrection that he wants us to follow. Selfish ambitions, they've got to be checked at the door. We cannot find God's purposes until we abandon our own strategies to control. We must surrender to his exclusive ownership of our lives. It may look like we're giving up some things or handing over our identity. You know, we may be afraid. Well, if I just come before God like a, like a, a just a blank canvas and say, well, here, Lord, paint, 
paint whatever you want. I, I won't even look like myself. I may not have the same identity. I may not have the same purpose or plan that, that, that I wanted for my life. And what I would tell you, sweet brother and sister, is that that's the point. That's absolutely the point. And on the other side of surrender, on the other side of surrender, that is where we find true life. Because that's where true life begins. When we get caught up in God, when we get caught up in his presence and in his purpose. Luke 9 24, it tells us, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. I believe with all my heart that there's a part within each one of us that can only be fulfilled when we are living according to his purpose, to his mission, to his vision for our lives. But even saying those words, but even saying those words can make it feel like it's my responsibility to make something happen. Please let me be clear right here. It is God's responsibility to perform his will in our lives. It's not mine. It's not yours. It is my responsibility. It is your responsibility to obey. Somebody say obey. Obey. It is my responsibility to obey when his word and his voice come to me. See, it's God's responsibility to be concerned with the results. And it's my responsibility to be faithful to his call. Here's what I know. I know this to be a fact. Without Jesus Christ, I am truly nothing. I can't hold it together. I don't have any goodness in me. And I certainly don't have any eternal worth and value. Oh, maybe I can fool some people here. Maybe people can think, oh, she's a nice person. Oh, look, she's bubbly. Look at this. Look at that. Listen, without the goodness of Jesus Christ in my life, my life is a void, empty, desert wasteland. And you might not think that, but yours is too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Without focusing on his purpose and his plan, we, we have nothing to offer. And we have no security and we have no safety. It's only in him. And, and here's, here's what else I know about that. The more the more we understand that, when we really get a grasp on our own spiritual weakness, then that's when we'll be willing to invite Jesus to increase so that we could decrease. And that's what it's all about, to be open to the process of spiritual growth. That's what it's all about. And if you really want to be open to the process of spiritual growth, we've got to try to receive something from him every single day. Now, I know some of you just checked out right there. You're like, well, yeah, God talks to you all the time. You're a pastor. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? He he doesn't, we don't have that kind of relationship. I want you to know if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he wants to commune with you every single day. That doesn't mean that you're going to see 
a hand come down from the sky and write on your bathroom mirror every morning and give you marching orders. I'm not, now if that happens, come tell me. Cause like I, you know, that that's cool. I'd like to see that, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we spend time in the presence of God, it could be through his word. It could be th- through an impression that we feel in our spirits. It could be through a message that you hear preached across this pulpit. God will speak. God will move. He will move on your heart if you want to hear from him. If you are open to that. God is always near and he is always reaching for us to pull us closer to him. And whatever the day brings to us, if you have prayed for God's will, if you've prayed for God's will that day, you can trust that whatever comes your way, God can reach you through that the good and the bad. God can touch you. God can shape. You know what? I'm not saying that that all the bad comes from God. Certainly not. But all the bad can be redeemed through God. Somebody needs to receive that. Somebody needs to just say, hey, if something happens today and it doesn't go the way that I wanted it, that's okay. I can surrender that to God. Because you know what? He's big enough to redeem it. Why don't we just thank him for that? God, thank you. Thank you that you can redeem everything in my life. Thank you, Jesus. You know, so instead of in view, instead of viewing God's character in light of our circumstances, we should view our circumstances in light of God's character. What I'm saying is that God is good and he is faithful and any circumstance that comes your way, it's not too hard for God. And so when they come, rather than, rather than looking at life and thinking, where is God in the midst of this? Why don't you reframe that and say, hey, I've got these circumstances coming and I know that my God's going to sustain me. I know he's going to keep me. I know that he will perfect me in this. Because God's character is unchanging and it is good and it is good for you. Whatever circumstances he allows into the life of his children, they can be redeemed for their good, even though it may not seem like it in that moment. And so as we heard at the beginning of this, and we've heard throughout this series, since his will for us is good and acceptable and perfect, when we face trials and disappointments, setbacks, adversities, all these things that we encounter from an eternal vantage point, all of these things Bring us to the place of God's kingdom and blessing. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to slowly repeat that in a different way. When we live a life that surrenders control to God, then no matter, no matter, no matter what comes our way, the good, the bad, the ugly, the even uglier, every bit of it can be a place where we learn to trust God more. Every bit of it, every single thing. And also a place where we receive his blessing and his provision in our lives. Romans 8, 18 reminds us that, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know, this perspective can change the way we pray. Absolutely it can. Instead of asking the Lord to change our circumstances to suit us, 
We can ask him to use our circumstances to change us. Why don't you say that, Lord, use these circumstances in my life to change me. Blaine Pascal, he penned a powerful prayer of surrender about letting go. And I'd like to share a portion of that with you right now. He said, oh, Lord, I know only one thing, and that is that it is good to follow you, and it is wicked to offend you. Beyond this, I do not know what is good for me, whether health or sickness, riches or poverty, or anything else in this world. This knowledge surpasses both the wisdom of men and of angels. It lies hidden in the secrets of your providence, which I adore, and I will not dare to pry it open. Each today that is received with gratitude from God's hand contributes to our preparation for our glorious and eternal life in his presence. What am I saying with that? What I'm saying is that God's ways are higher than mine. So here's how I can live my life. Two different ways. I can live it blaming and accusing and wondering and wishing and hoping or I can live it in surrender and saying, God, I don't understand, but I trust your providence. I know your ways are higher. And, you know, God, God knows when we're angry. We can bring that to him. He, it doesn't shock him. It doesn't, it doesn't put him off whenever we're upset or frustrated. But I can tell you we don't need to hold that. We need to give it to him. We need to surrender it to him. And that is how we trust God day by day, moment by moment, walking in faith that we know his will is best. And then resting in that, period. Taking our hands off the situation and giving it over to him. When we learn to love God's will, we can embrace the present moment as a means of getting closer to God. As a means of getting closer to God. As we grow in dependence on Jesus and we diminish independence on our own selves, the fulfillment of reaching, of the fulfillment of receiving his goodness and his purpose in our own lives, that, that's what replaces the frustration of trying to create our own, trying to write our own stories. And it is in this place of complete dependence that God shapes us in his image. Amen, amen. His spirit is so beautiful in this place right now. Amen. Amen. It's in this moment when we surrender, when we surrender over to being molded and shaped into his image. It's in this moment that we must trust him for the outcome because we cannot measure or quantify this. We can't make it happen, but we can surrender and obey. And that's it. That's what we are called to do. We're all still in the process of God's molding, and he is not finished with us yet. Amen? Am I telling the truth? God is not finished with us yet. But we must also remember that we can't control or create the product. And we cannot measure our ministry or the impact of the actions and the deeds and the, and the thoughts and the prayers that we have made in this life. We can't measure 
that impact on the lives of others. We'll only see that in eternity. That is our goal. You know what my goal is? You know what your goal is? Well done, good and faithful servant. Period. Full stop. End of story. That's it. If we forget this, we're going to live our lives in a hurry to accomplish things by the world standards. Things that may seem significant to us in the moment, but mean very little to God. We can spend our whole lives checking off things, good things, but not fulfilling the mission that God has for us. We are called to be faithful to God's desires and purposes for us. And it is faithfulness in the little daily things that leads us to faithfulness in much. One step at a time, moment by moment by moment. As servants and ambassadors of the king, we must be obedient in the daily process, even when we cannot see the difference that our obedience makes. God's got to work for you to accomplish today. He's got to work for me to accomplish today. And for this to occur, I've got to let loose of control. I've got to give over the desire to see results. I've got to surrender all that over to him today. And I must be willing to surrender to his plan and his will daily. Let's pray. Dear God, we are your children. Forgive us of our pride. Forgive us of of the ways that we have tried to seek after our own desires, our own kingdoms. And God, forgive us for thinking that this task of rebuilding is too hard. Lord, it's not too hard. It's the easiest thing we will ever do because it is complete surrender to you. That is where our focus needs to be. That is where we need to stand. That is what we need to be focused on. And so right now, I pour myself out before you, God. I ask you, I ask you, God, to remake me in ways that I can't see, that I can't imagine. I take my hands off of every situation. God, I can't make it work anyway. I give that up. I give that over to you. I trust you. I trust you. Lord, I pray against every distraction. I pray against every desire for control in every person that's hearing this message right now. I pray for your liberty, for your spirit of freedom to sweep over the souls of every person hearing this right now. We surrender to you and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you give him the praise? Why don't you thank him for being a good God? who is trustworthy, that we can surrender everything over to him. I'm so grateful for that. I praise you for that right now, God. I thank you. I thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your week. I pray that you'll join us this Sunday. We'll be right here to meet you this Sunday in person at 1030 a.m. We'll also meet you online at 10.30 a.m. if you can't make it in person or 7 p.m. as well. Have a great week. We love you. God bless you.